0: Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust.
1: Good morning, Southwest Florida. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. You want to click that Get Started button. We're using Annex Everywhere. Never have to leave the house unless you want to. Um, Coming up, get some good team segments, including one about client stories this it was a recent client who just recently retired, and then boom, coronavirus hit. Uh, how did it affect the plan? And here's the spoiler alert. Not bad. Well, that's great. Not bad. Yeah. That's that's what we do, financial planning and retirement planning. My name is Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald, our Chief Compliance Officer. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Dave Spano along a little bit later for
2: Ask Annex. I'm going to also tell you about a couple of webinars, but let's start at the top. Well, certainly you start thinking about the weekend review, and we usually start there every week here on Sunday and you look at the markets. Let's let's talk about the markets first and the economy second because I think those are two different things. are certainly acting very differently right now. A pretty good week, Derek, for the markets as broadly defined. Yeah, a
3: very solid week. The S&P 500 was up almost 3%. Uh, NASDAQ followed suit. And generally, I think the, the, the week was really put in, put in place on Sunday night and, and Monday morning. On Sunday night, you know, we saw Fed Chairman Powell say that the Fed is not out of ammunition by a long shot. And clearly, all of the liquidity that's been generated by Fed activity in the last seven, seven weeks have had a very positive effect on, on both the stock market and the credit markets, which is very important. And then the second thing, Mark, was,
2: was the news out of Moderna. Yeah, and you start thinking about vaccines and viruses and and those are really going to be important to see if there is a vaccine that comes down the road more quickly than some people may anticipate, you get to reopening the U.S. economy. Here in Florida, we've reopened a little bit, right? And you start thinking about the world economies coming back online. That would be really supportive, obviously, of things like earnings and company guidance and all those other things that would continue to drive the equity markets higher. Yeah, I mean, right now, there
3: sounds like there are over 100 companies vying for a vaccine, and we may, may need more than one. You know, there have been talk of multiple strains of the coronavirus virus. It's influenced, you know, the markets and the economy. But generally speaking, the Moderna thing was interesting because it's unproven technology in the way that you deliver a vaccine. And they showed some promising results. Granted, it's only in phase one. Uh, This type of trial can take months to complete, you know, in order to determine whether it's effective and also safe. But generally speaking, you know, you got to, Pay attention to this because any any efforts that are seen as positive on the part of the, the major uh, healthcare companies is going to be viewed positively by the markets because it will help to
2: you know reaccelerate the global economy. I think you start to see some of the reopenings, right? Some of the emergence of the economy coming back online. Stock markets have done well. People are getting their May statements coming up here pretty soon, and you're going to see much better numbers than you saw on March 31st in a lot of portfolios, and it's going to calm people down a little bit, perhaps taking a re-look again, but there was some, you know, troubling news during the middle of the week as well, at least as it relates to China.
3: Yeah, there, there's, there clearly is, you know, as a result of the way the, the the Trump administration views the the Chinese handling of this virus, their their transparency, their willingness to share information. In some and, and some people suggest they actually deliberately deceived folks around the world, including the World Health Organization. There's obviously been some been some pushback, some hawkish talk from the Congress about measures that they can take against China
2: in a punitive way, not just monetarily, but also structurally. You saw the semiconductors having a really tough week, you know, and I think part of that is this China effect certainly companies that are you know in that business didn't have a great week. You know, the problem
3: with this is one of trust. You know, when you think about the build out of 5G networks, Huawei, which is a very large Chinese telecom equipment company, in fact, the largest telecom equipment company in the world, is well on the way to deploying 5G technology. And in cases like this, there are back doors. And so if you don't trust the Chinese and you don't trust the, the Communist Party's involvement with that company, you worry about security. Because let's face it, the kind of information that would trans be transported over a 5G network would be very sensitive, very proprietary, and the Chinese have a history of stealing intellectual property. So it causes the administration for national security reasons to actually suggest that U.S. semiconductor companies should not sell to them to basically hold them back while we de- we deploy more competitive technology that can be found at a, at a better price and more
2: effective uh, measures. We'll see what the result of that's going to be. But you know where I really go with that is When you think about the sectors of your portfolio you can think about i'm exposed to technology but within that you've got to look at subcategories right i mean there's different kind of technology companies different capitalization of technology companies with different kinds of business plans and that
3: matters it it does i mean what 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 we've seen is the technology companies led on the upside they held up well on the downside and they've again led on the upside but most of that is due to the shift in work from home and also the acceleration of digital transformations.
1: This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Take us up on that offer. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. We'll be back on 92.5 Fox News.
4: Over and over, we've heard people use the term unprecedented when talking about today's world. Truth is, from a financial perspective, we've seen much of this before. We've seen markets plunge 35%. We've seen global pandemics we've seen unemployment skyrocket. It seems everyone has an opinion about when this will end and what we should be doing now. Frankly, it's hard to know who to trust. When it comes to your money, you need a steady voice, committed to independence, giving you a confident snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. That's what Annex Wealth Management provides. Our team of experts has decades of experience helping clients navigate economic crises. Let us give you a free portfolio review and a framework for a financial plan. Not a self-serving sales pitch, but an honest, Assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. Start today. Give us a call or head to annexwealth.com. With everything we're facing, ask yourself if not now, when? Annex Wealth Management, know the difference.
0: Team, tech, trust, and a fee only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the
1: Annex Wealth Management Show know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. When we all got sent inside, Annex Wealth Management didn't miss a beat. Quick pivot to working at home, still maintaining high-quality interaction that our clients expect. And right on the front line is our next guest, Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thank you, Danny. Well, things can be a little lonely nowadays. Not for you. You're on the phone. You're on video calls. You're coming in regular contact with both clients and then people who are interested in how Annex Wealth Management can bring that tremendous value in a relationship.
5: Yeah, I I think the stress from the people who have gone through all of this has been exponential for everyone. But I've noticed a significant difference in those who we've worked with for a while or just started working with the fact that they have a plan versus individuals who just started reaching out and don't have a plan. There seems to be completely different stress levels for the two categories of folks.
1: Let's start with current clients, and I guess I'm most curious to hear what they're thinking or what they're feeling during the pandemic, and I know that's a pretty wide question. It's certainly been a rocky road.
5: Yeah, it has been extremely rocky, especially when you look back to when all this started, but one thing about ANX is we have been extremely proactive with all of our clients in reaching out, and I think a great story from all of this is... We had a newer client who just actually retired in February, um, so great timing for all this. But instead of focusing on the investment performance right away, that first conversation after all this started is we looked at their financial plan. They had just stepped into this unknown world of no more income, you know, living off their portfolio. And what we looked at was, okay, is this still sustainable? How are things going to go? His first question is, do I need to go back to work? Do I need a part-time job? And it turns out, while their plan was impacted, there there was some impact to this plan. It wasn't as much as they had feared. And we view our plans in what we call a likelihood of success or a probability of success. Based on their plan, they actually stayed well within the range of success. So that stress level that they had when all of this kicked off back at the beginning of March really also went drastically down. And their fears about can I retire? changed from can I retire to okay. What should we do now? Should we maybe put the house plans, push them back for six months? it went from, should we stay retired? Can we stay retired to, oh, let's just delay something. And obviously nobody could come in their house. So their plans had to be delayed anyways.
1: Yeah. That's a fantastic story. Anything else?
5: Yeah. So a similar story, except with clients who haven't retired. This was a client that recently started working with us as well. They came over, but their goal is to retire in about three to four years. Um, We hadn't really pinned down a date. We, We had an idea, but obviously this whole situation caused a severe amount of anxiety because they had their heart set on retiring at in three to four years. They've worked really hard. They've gone through a lot. They wanted to spend time together. Uh, their kids are out of the house. They wanted to be a husband and wife just doing great things together. Oh, it
1: sounds wonderful. Yeah, right? exactly.
5: Yeah. And so it was a really good goal, but obviously this threw it in their minds into flux. But again, instead of just focusing on the portfolio, how the markets are, what the economy is doing, we, we took a step back and said, let's look at this and talk long-term how is this impacting your plan long-term? And again, their plan did take a hit. You know, their percentage, that probability of success slightly changed, but it didn't change a lot. Then their next question was, should we reduce our 401k contribution? you know, we went through the plan. We said, okay, this is what you're doing now. Let's adjust the plan right now over Zoom. Let's see exactly how it happens. And we put the changes in. It showed them exactly how it changed. And they felt extremely comfortable with those changes. And really the goal was let's just increase some more cash on hand, had zero impact on your overall plan because it's for a short term. We're planning long-term, four to five years.
1: That's how financial planning should work, right? Exactly. Yeah. Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Let's flip the other way. How about people motivated to act, right, with everything that's been going on and get positioned for what's next? The virus maybe has made them get going.
5: Great example is... While we've been talking to a lot of folks through all of this, we've been getting a lot of people calling in with a lot more questions or reaching out with a lot more questions. In this particular situation, they've been doing their planning themselves for a very long time. They haven't really worked with an advisor. They've had investment portfolios managed by investment management firms, but not truly gotten full financial planning advice. And they reached out to us and said, I don't think we're on track anymore. Give us a second opinion. And we sat down and we went through their plan. And we took them from that high fear level of, oh, we can't do this anymore to we really can. And then on top of that financial planning process, that review, we found some tax opportunities and taxes, you don't let the tax tail wag the dog. But if there's an opportunity that we can realize right now that'll have an impact on your 2020 returns, let's take advantage of that. So not only were we able to give that sense of relief that yes, your plan's still on track, you can still make this work. We were able to look at 2020 and say, we have time to make these changes and make a significant impact on your tax liability going forward.
1: We've heard a couple of stories of current clients and how they look at their plans and how things are going to be weathered. We've talked just now about somebody who came in and said, we think we need help. Brandon, what do we say to people who were thinking that they needed to do something, but now is it appears that things might be getting better. The storm has passed and maybe they don't need to. We don't think that's what they should do.
5: No, I, my question is, if not now, when? Starting and getting a plan in place will help when this situation arises again. Maybe it's not COVID-19. Hopefully it's never this again. But should a situation arise again in the future or this bubbles up in the fall? You know, What are you going to do? How are you going to react when all of a sudden potentially there is another market downturn? How are you prepared? By starting the process now and getting that plan in place, having those discussions, you can weather these situations, at least in my opinion from the folks that I've dealt with, you can weather these situations so much better because you have that confidence that you have a plan in place, you've started planning for your goals, and you're going to be more comfortable when all this volatility does occur. The key is you've started preparing for the future, and what better time to start than now?
1: Absolutely. Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Great example of how we think here and how we get it done. And when it gets down to it, think carefully about the value of fee-only fiduciary. That's where you want to start. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brandon, thanks for your time.
6: Thank you, Danny. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing we've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years that's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors people come to us every day with what i call a mishmash statements here and there overlapping investments no consolidation annex wealth management can clean that up and put it in order Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there or simply hit the get started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon
0: planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary.
1: And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. It's time for Ask Annex. And if you've got a question, you are more than welcome to give us one at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. It's right there on the top. We get back to everybody. We're getting a bunch of them. Some of them wind up on the radio, like this one from Rick. About three weeks ago, you were thinking the market was going to test the lows. I'm sorry, retest the lows, and we're making portfolio adjustments. Do you still feel the market will retrace to the lows?
3: I don't know that I... I, I said that we would retest the lows, but I certainly believe that the market did at some point, you know, get ahead of itself a few weeks ago, and is in the process of, of kind of consolidating. I mean, one one thing you tend to see over time is when you have a decline of the magnitude we had, you usually have a pretty sharp pullback, on average about 10%. We've corrected about 6% so far, so we're going in the right direction. But the, the key here is managing risk. Like, one of the things that we did was we sold financials out of our portfolio. We were very nervous about, you know, the their, Business fundamentals there, the the potential for bankruptcies, how that could affect their their loan portfolio and the like, and their inability to earn earn interest on the short on their short term money. So that was that was one tactical move we made, but but generally speaking, it's really about managing the chasm and trying to upgrade the portfolio on weakness in areas that we like more.
6: And so there's a difference between retest and retrace, and I think that's an important distinction.
3: Right. I mean, a retest would be all the way back to to twenty. 2,190 or so, which would be about 20%, 25% lower than we are currently, I mean, that's not our expectation as an investment committee because we we believe that with the Fed put in place, you know, where the Fed essentially is flooding the system with liquidity, the odds that the markets take out and go out to new lows is is really more a question of time It wouldn't likely happen in the short run.
6: But the retracement means it goes back from where we are somewhere between there, and there's certain technical points in between that we think that we will see.
1: That's right. This is Ask Annex. Next one is from James. What are some items that could derail the bull case and cause a market sell-off? And what is a bull case? And aren't we in a market sell-off? But
6: uh, okay. no, we're actually okay. we, well. Well, it depends. There's you, ways to look at this. And are we in a secular bull market or not? Obviously, we had a bear market, right? Anytime you go more than 20 percent, but there is certainly a large bear case that can be made. And a lot of, as we alluded to earlier, a lot of really big names uh, in the investment business are making that bear case. And uh, the one of the most basic ones would be. The fact that unemployment rate, let's just assume it gets to 20% or so, somewhere between 15 and 20%. Some of those people will come back and get their jobs. They've been furloughed or temporarily let off, but some will not. And so you're going to have a higher unemployment rate. And when you have a higher unemployment rate, you won't have the demand. Who is going to go back and go to the stores and spend the money? So that's the demand issue that we're really concerned about. And what is it going to be like? To how are we going to support some of those people as well? Those are the conversations that we're going to see. Got it. Let me just jump in. I don't think I've made all the bear case, but just one of them was the unemployment and demand case. Uh, the, of course, we've got China. We've got this Kawasaki potential problem. We have, are we going to have a vaccine or not? And so there are certainly things to look at. Of course, politics uh, are going to play into that. And anytime you're before a presidential election, that is a, is a term of uncertainty. And we know that the lower taxes went right to the bottom line of corporations. And so if that changes as well, a lot of things that we need to pay attention to here in the short term.
1: This is Ask Annex. Got a question for us. You can head to annexwealth.com, look for the ask button. And by the way, folks, don't have to be a client uh, to ask a question. That is absolutely no problem. We're getting lots of them when we get to every single one we can. Next up is from Michael. Stocks continue
3: to climb, but the economic data is dire. What am I missing? Well, what, well he's not really missing anything, but we've, we've said any number of times that the economy and the stock market are, are two different vehicles, right? The economy is gonna do what it's gonna do. The stock market's gonna do what it's gonna do in more of an anticipatory framework. I mean, frankly, the stock market went down well before the lockdown came into place, and it bottomed out well before the really bad unemployment numbers hit. The question is, where is this recovery going? Is it gonna be slow and steady? Is it gonna be a V, a W, a U, a hashtag, a swoosh, uh, what is it, a check mark, a square <laughs> root going. number? I yeah. mean, there are any number of ways this thing can go. Yeah, I don't even a- have to. And, and the, reality, <laughs> the, the reality is, depending upon how the recovery goes, the stock market will probably sniff it out. So I, I think you just have to forget the he- economic headlines and focus more on a good shopping list of companies with great
2: balance sheets that are going to weather the storm.
6: And, Mark, and right away, that, that's a good point. The shopping list and what you own is
2: very important. Contingency plans. You know, it's just like everything that we're doing in the world right now, is thinking about the next step. You want to think forward forward-looking in your portfolio. It's not, you know, opening up your March statement or your April statement, that's a look backwards at what happened in the previous period. Looking forward in a financial plan is about planning for what is come to come next, and that's not next week or next month or even six months from now, but a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, what's your financial plan going to look like? Is this a single data point, and if you sell things, are you creating damage to your portfolio that you can't recover? Those are all very important questions. If you want some help with that, take advantage that free portfolio review we believe in it right now what you own is couldn't be more important in making sure that your financial plan gets you to where you want to be
1: and you bet you can do it on a weekend all you have to do is hit up the website it is annexwealth.com look for that get started button according to a recent poll because of the COVID crisis more than half of americans are making changes to their retirement plans What about you? You may be waiting for things to return to normal to make a move. COVID has many symptoms, but financial paralysis shouldn't be one of them. It's time to understand where you are today. Now, it's time to get on track with your investment and retirement plan. At Annex Wealth Management, that means starting with a conversation centered on you. We don't listen to decide what product to sell. We've got no products to sell. That's the beauty of being a fee-only fiduciary. For Annex Wealth Management, getting on track starts when we present you with a portfolio review and a framework for a financial plan. Not a flimsy sales document, but an earnest assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. Start today. Give us a call at 262-786-6363 or visit us at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. Do it today with Annex Wealth Management. Team. Tech. Trust. Trust
0: straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the
1: Annex Wealth Management Show. We are back. Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, a fee-only fiduciary partner. That is how you can know the difference. Very quickly, a webinar coming up Wednesday you might be interested in. It's called Women in Wealth Investing with Confidence. Details at AnnexWealth.com
2: slash events. You know, guys, we had also gotten some numbers about Thursday of this week about first-time jobless claims, and that number was 2.44 million. And that's down. I mean, it's down for seven weeks in a row, but it's still a huge number when you think historically it was around 200 to 300,000 a week of new jobless claims. So still a big, big number. But if you add them all together, Derek, you're at somewhere close to 40 million people who've lost their job in the last two months.
3: That's right. That's 20% of the labor force. I mean, the good news, I guess, if there is any, is that when, when those folks are polled, Seventy five percent of them believe that their current status of unemployment will is temporary, that they will be, be getting their jobs back soon. You know, whether that's true or not really depends on how well we handle uh, the reopenings in these various states, how consumers embrace it. You know, how many people are willing to go to a restaurant, even though there might be, you know, shields up between tables and and being you know, served a meal with someone wearing a mask. I mean, generally speaking, if someone's serving a meal
2: to me and they're wearing a mask, I'm probably not going to eat the food hey, better than the bank. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. But you know, it, it, the implication, of course, is even if that 75% number is correct, if there's 40 million people that have lost their jobs just doing some rough sunday morning math that means you've lost 10 million jobs in the united states i mean that's a huge number it took us years to put that many jobs on after the 2008-2009 financial crisis right that
3: would be 10% unemployment and frankly during the peak of the uh, financial crisis in 08-09 unemployment peaked to 10.8% so uh, clearly not a great situation and and of course you know the, the health of, officials many of them continue to say the likelihood of a second wave as we reopen is high and you know that while the trump administration has said they don't anticipate reclosing the economy uh, on the state level you just don't know i mean many of these states have been very restrictive you know in california in los angeles are talking about a stay-at-home order through august uh, you've heard you know later times in the states of michigan and others so again you know what What we're pricing in in the stock market and what the economy is doing can be two very different things. And let's just hope that the stock market isn't too
2: far ahead of itself. You think about different states in the country that are reopening at different paces. You think about different countries around the world that are reopening at different paces and its impact on the supply chain for manufacturers of anything that you might think of, cars to cell phones. And I start to think about the job loss and what does onshoring as a policy do to absorb some of those 10 million jobs if you're not worried about getting your components from another country outside of the United States and you can control that supply chain, that could have an impact.
3: No, it could. Actually, I played golf with a fellow who does commercial real estate in the the Wisconsin area. And one of the things he's actually very enthusiastic about is he believes that as we do onshore, as we bring back more manufacturing of key pharmaceutical components and Perhaps electronic components. We've already seen the Taiwan semi plants to build a, a semiconductor factory in Arizona that will lead to 1,600 new jobs. You know, there's going to be there're going to be lots of transitions that occur, and that's what you typically see during a crisis. The crisis accelerates negative change in the in the context that those were weak before or weaker even even still, but it reinforces the strengths of the economy, which will be manifest as we go
2: forward. I'd be interested in your thoughts on one other thing that was kind of a phenomenon this week was. We saw large-cap companies you know, in the S&P 500 do very well, up around 3%. But you look at the small-cap companies like the iShare Russell 2000 Index, that IWM is a ticker on that ETF, and it was up over 7% this week. Well, How do you, how do you attribute that?
3: Well, I think it's a couple of things. A little bit of hurry-up catch-up. I mean, despite that advance, small caps are still down almost 18% year-to-date when you compare that to the S&P down 8% and the NASDAQ up 8%. The other thing that's a backdrop there is 42% of the companies in the Russell 2000 don't earn money. So when the Fed agreed to step up and be very aggressive in the credit market, that certainly supported companies
2: that might have had insolvency issues in the face of zero revenues. What it tells me is that if you buy an index, you may not be getting the full ride, right? Because you're getting the good, the bad, and the ugly sometimes in some of these indexes, you look at the S&P 500 and the composition of that index and how top-heavy it is, and I think that that's really interesting.
3: It's helped investors, frankly, because the top-heaviness has been in the areas of the economy that are V-ing, You know, the, whether it's technology, healthcare, telecom services, but generally speaking, as we do as an investment committee, when you're buying indexes or ETFs, it really pays to take a look at what those holdings are, look at how heavily weighted they are towards particular companies companies. companies and consider the valuations and their fundamental prospects.
1: It is Memorial Day weekend. We realize that is not Veterans Day. We have many veterans listening in the audience, and we thank you for your service, but Memorial Day, an extremely somber weekend, and we celebrate it here, especially on this radio station and definitely on this show. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.